When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Knife Talk podcast. This is a show for makers and enthusiasts and everybody in between. Uh, We're here to talk knives, answer questions, uh, help you with your dilemmas. Sometimes we do a quiz every once in a while, but uh, we're here to just you know keep you company in the shop while you're grinding away or on your commute to work or wherever you are. Maybe you're getting ready to fly down or actually maybe fly back from Blade Show when this airs. But anyways, um, I'm Marco Malmasi of Malmasi Fire Arts. As always, I'm here with Jeff Fader of Fader Knives and somewhere trundling around in a train. I don't know if he's going to be here or not, but... Is Craig Lockwood, the illustrious Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. Train wreck city is what this episode city. is going to be. Illustrious train wreck. This is going to be fucking. T- <laughs> so, so just for a little bit of back, uh, backing it up, I get a message from Craig. I said, You ready to podcast? And he goes, I'm on a train in all caps. And I said, What? He's I'm on a train. He's like, You have no idea. He had all these problems, and I'll let him get into it. But apparently, 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 he went to the airport with the wrong passport, his wife's passport. And then now, <laughs> somehow, he's on a train headed for who knows? Who knows? But he said he was going to be here. He's not. We're very sad he's not going to be here, but the show must go on, right? Show must go on. Show must go on. I, and I'm working with a new machine, computer, to fucking not drop out. So You're saying this is a new computer you're working on right now? Yeah. Look at you. Right now. Look at you. I mean, Look, for all hey. I know, the whole thing is a piece of shit. And it's just Who knows? Who knows? We'll the, see. The, the real game was going to be, I was hoping that Craig was going to be here because he was saying that he's, in, he's on a train car with good Wi-Fi. And mm-hmm. I was going to suggest that you and I and Craig could play a game of who <laughs> drops out first. And then, and then the winner, whoever drops out first, will be the flea bag of the week. And then I thought it could be who knows, but now it looks like, looks like Craig's a flea bag of the week. Looks, I mean, already, you know. So, yeah. whatever. You we know miss that him. train Wi-Fi is always super reliable. He's this is a direct quote. He, this is a direct it. quote he said to me. I said the same thing. I said I don't think train Wi-Fi is going to be good. He goes, I'm in first class. I'm not sharing Wi-Fi with these commoners. I mean. Hey, first class Craig said he had it all wrapped up. So, you know, you never know. But uh, we miss him and hopefully he shows up. Who knows? Who knows? He might just stumble in. That would be funny. I I feel um, like trusting the train Wi-Fi is like buying sushi at a truck stop in Arkansas. Like, how are you going to trust that? (sighs) Dude, I don't know. We're hanging by threads. The summertime is crazy. (laughs) We're traveling. There's going to be a lot of traveling coming up. There's going to be a lot of, like, shifting and bobbing and weaving and pivoting. And speaking of pivoting, I heard you did a lot of pivoting this week. What's going on? Yeah. All right. So I'm getting ready for Blade Show. Um, 
uh, and of course, when this comes out, Bleed Show will have already happened. But at this point, I'm still working on a fucking knife uh, to bring to the show, which I was really excited about, you know, a week and a half ago. And now I'm sweating bullets right now because um, every step of the way, I've had to pivot and do something different. Um, well, not every step. Well, yeah. So forging, making the Damascus all went great. Um, and I hope it should, because, I mean, sometimes it goes sideways, but at this point, I hope I don't make too many mistakes making Damascus, but I still do. Anyways, when it came to forging the knife, I wanted to do like this integral guard kind of like, um, like, uh, like a slight slur, like a long slicer kind of scimitar kind of thing. I thought it was going to be cool. And then, uh, I, when I'm compressing the material down, forging the material around, moving around, the integral is not happening. Right. And so... I have to go non-integral. Um, so it's still a hidden tang, but it's non-integral, which I don't do very often. In fact, I've probably only done maybe three or four huh. non-integral knives, um, at least hidden tang non-integrals. And, um, and I forged the blade out. That all goes well. Heat treatment and everything goes well on it. The steel stuck really nicely. I'm playing with this new, um, uh, this new forge welding process uh, to kind of do a kind of a fish mouth weld. I don't know if you're familiar with that. But yeah, sure. Yeah. So can so you explain you it for listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So say um, you're looking, you have a, somebody will make a composite twist uh, stack. So they'll have maybe like four bars of twist bars, but they want all of those bars to meet at the tip. And so what they do is they basically, they cut out a wedge, bend those points over so that they fucking meet in the middle at the tip. Right. So I have this new process that I've been playing with and developed that alleviate. It does that similar thing where it brings all the different pattern together in the middle, but you're not wasting any material, not cutting any shit away. Um, so it all went well. Everything stuck well, but I had to pivot when I, <laughs> the integral didn't work. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do a guard. And, and I was making the guard and I, and I wanted to make it out of some mosaic Damascus that I had laying around. It was going to look sweet. Uh, and, and so I was really excited about this. Um, I, I, and usually in mosaic guards, the mosaic pattern, you can only really see it from the sides because usually if you get a photograph of the knife, it's from the side of the knife and you want to, you want that pattern on the side. But I would really, I really wanted the pattern on the top as well, because I hate, uh, how the pattern is just like, blah basically on the top of the guard and so i came up with this idea a another like new thing um of <sighs> forging the material in a way so that that pattern is also on the face of the top face of the guard as well as on the sides huh. and that went well but then the fucking guard, I, I was struggling to get the guard fit up because I was working with this brute to forge knife that didn't, wasn't perfectly parallel and it was not happening. And so again, I had to pivot and trash the guard. The new process is awesome. Works great, but the guard wasn't going to work. So I went non guard and it's frustrating because if I had just planned to do it that way in the beginning, the knife would have had still like a really cool kind of like look and aesthetic to it. I mean, it looks good, um, but I would have made some different stylistic and design choices, but because I kept having to pivot to me, there's like a slight, a little bit of awkwardness to the knife and I've tried to like tie it all together and make it look very intentional, but 
<laughs> a lot of what I the design choices I've made on the knife are because uh, in the what will be the final piece is because I had to keep making changes and um and that but this knife would have been fucking sweet with a guard. Uh, but it's, and it's sweet. A, but you sent me a video. It's sweet without the guard. I like I wouldn't yeah, have I mean, known. It, it doesn't look like decisions have had to be made after the fact right and like i said i'm this so that's what i've been trying i'm like all right how do i make it look like i meant to do this it, and i think i mean that's if you so hadn't mentioned it when i watched the video i there's not one poor part where i thought you're spinning around and fooling around and spinning around there's not one part where i thought that was weird it just seemed everything huh. seemed like it was completely appropriate thank you um yeah it's a big knife it's a it's a brute to forge I'm calling it a brisket knife because it's basically a big, long, uh, 11 inch slicer. It's tall at the heel though. So it's still like, f you can use it functionally as a chef's knife. Um, 11 inches, 11 inches. Jeez. For a functional chef knife, you get like a 12 foot fucking eggplant. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you do. <laughs> that's a lot of knife. No, it's for brisket. It's a brisket slicer. Right. Yeah, that's what But I sometimes, you know, you want to mix up some herbs or something right. or you, you got to slice an apple or break a watermelon in half real quick you got it go. um and then the handle is kind of a new handle style um it's kind of a it's a western style handle but it's it's got this play with facets and contours and stuff and it's really fucking comfortable and i really like it a lot so i think i'm gonna kind of that'll be part of my arsenal now of different choices i guess stylistic design choices i make but Oh, I'm almost there. I, it's actually sitting in the coffee right now as we are recording this podcast. Um, so this morning I was like, uh, it actually, when it, that video I sent you, it's not even glued up yet. So it, you can see a pinhole in it yeah. for a Corby bolt, but there's no bolt in there. So it's just dry fit up right now. Uh, or bed, it's got a bedded tang. And, um, and so I still, because I have to do, because there's no uh, synthetic... Um, the, at, at the transition from the handle to the blade so i had to do all the etching and stuff with the blade off which right. is honestly how most normal people do it i just i typically etch the blade on um and and so yeah hopefully etching goes smooth hopefully uh everything with the glue up uh goes smooth and nothing gets weird and out of whack and i don't fuck anything up cleaning the top of the corby bolts off um, because that's one final step and then I have to do some handle work to get the finish on and sharpen it and hopefully nowhere in there I drop it and I'm trying I'm, I'm feeling a bit of anxiety because um, doing that guard it's actually like I was kind of futzing around with it for like a day and a half two and a half days um, trying to figure it out the first one didn't work the second one worked uh, but then there's all like the machining and I don't have a mill. So I'm doing like all this fucking hand filing with chainsaw files and Ugh. flat files and um, kind of fucking up my carbide file guides because I don't have file files. I have diamond, those like cheap diamond files from Harbor Freight and those are scratching the shit out of the carbide. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the and heat it, treating went okay. Yeah. Heat treatment went great. Honestly, that was the that was the easiest part. I um, bet I know why. It's because my even heat. Even heats the manufacturer of the finest heat treat ovens available. Go get yourself one of them even heats. 
even he, even he makes the best kilns, period. Forget it. Go check out your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. Once again, congratulations to Spence and Samantha, who are recently married. Spence is one of the family members who runs Even oh, Heat. Yeah. He's a great guy. They just got married. Yeah. And uh, sending all of our fondest wishes towards our friends Spence and Samantha. Mazel tov, ladies and germs. We're very happy for them, but we're also very happy for the fact that we're using Even Heat's manufacture the finest heat treat ovens available. Evenheat-kiln.com. Killed it. Number one. Sorry, Let's yeah, shoot. I've been railing on that knife for a while. It was a good job throwing right? that in there. Well, you know, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dude. We got to do whatever it takes, my my man. Yeah. Well, so, you said you you've had a busy morning, or do you got a question? Well, I don't know. I I mean, I, I what I was going to say is is I feel like you know, like I said, like if you had never said anything, I would never have noticed. And I think it is very generous of you to be as vulnerable as you are in regards to the decision makings you had. I, I, you know, I think about, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody about Will Stelter had made a knife and then he got a little bit of blue when he ground it or something like that. And he just said, well, start over. He started the whole fucking thing over again. And I wonder if there's like, what are the levels of which you can save something? You know, you know, that old, I tell you what, that old chestnut, oh, you know, we don't knife makers don't break knives. They just make shorter knives. (laughs) I got you. But like, at what point, I mean, at what point do we salvage things i think that's a really interesting topic of conversation and the fact that you were able to do that was pretty remarkable yeah yeah and i'm glad that i was able to make it work but i think it's good to talk about that and i love that will shows uh, his mistakes i love don Wynn's content his video po- is so he's his self-deprecating humor is so fucking good and and he shows all the mistakes and stuff and i think it's important to share that stuff and i will be the first to admit that I have not done a good job of showing mistakes. Um, just because, you know, it's, I'm like trying to make it look like I know what the fuck I'm doing, but honestly, more of what I'm doing is chasing mistakes and fixing mistakes. And then every once in a while, I come out with a nice looking knife. Well, what's interesting is, is I feel as though, and and over time I'm, I'm seeing this more and more, your, the way you portray yourself on social media is different than I, than the way I do. You really focus on makers. I feel yes. like your target audience are other makers. Sure. Whereas I'm done with them. You know, I'm fucking, <laughs> I mean, respectfully, makers, I'm, I'm respectfully, <laughs> I'm done with you because it's just like all you do is you fucking steal and, and there's, you know, you're not buying knives. So I kind of like I'm trying to make fader knives as a business. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll throw, I used to throw in like, funny or if something's apparently a mistake like a broken knife or something that'll do Mm. but like i don't feel the need to i don't feel the need to go outwardly you know put a put my hand on the back of another maker and say there there it happens to the best of us i don't give a shit about i mean respectfully (laughs) once again i mean no you're doing it but you're doing it here like i'm here to do business yeah 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 you know? Well, I, I do have a question for you. Go ahead. How I far... do, but by the way, I do. We do have to. We have a lot to get to too. We, I, I got this fucking this customs thing I need to tell you about. But go ahead. Okay. What are you going to say? How how far apart are the the scallops, the serrations um, between the two? Jesus <laughs> Christ! I swear to God! I swear to God! You know what? Here, I'm going to I'm going to say something. What size wheel are you using? I'm going to say this. How fast I'm going to say this. I, you know what? I'm going to answer this question. At? I'm going to answer this question so easily that these fucking. No, I gotta, I'm not Roy Scott. I can't be cursing every five minutes. Here's what I have to say. Here's what I have to say. Listen, guys, don't ask me about spacing. Don't ask me about radiuses. 
go get yourself that garbage serrated knife in your drawer and measure it. <laughs> That's, I mean, yes. you can't get much easier than that. You no. can figure out your radius on that. You can figure out your spacing on that and go get yourself a piece of garbage steel and practice a few times it's just yeah. like that's 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 my gift to me saying i've done with you makers so that's it and if i were to do i actually did an offset serrated today because i'm bringing Ooh. some i'm bringing i'm going to spain and i'm bringing some offset serrated with me one to my boy my boy chef borja Bor, chef borja's getting the offset oh, serrated. Nice. they don't know about them offset serrated over in barcelona they don't know what? about them they don't know about offset serrated knives over in barcelona i gotta make sure they got i gotta i gotta plant the flag over there that was your so, uh, mr tapos right you guys that, oh, like the first borja's, spot you hit borja i'm putting my hand I'm, borja is a, a basque chef the best chef in Barcelona to the point where, like, when Jose Andreas comes to town, he goes to see Borja. All these oh, guys, shit. they go to see Borja. And Tomer's got an in, and I go, I've seen, I have meals, I've had drinks, I've had a good time. Borja's my guy. He is my fucking guy. He's my guy. So I'm bringing him my offset straight. And when I made my offset straight, you know what I used? Combat abrasives, baby. I use my combat abrasives uh, belts. And if you go to combatabrasives.com, you put in the promo code Knife Talk 15, you're going to get 15% off all of your belts and abrasives and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Definitely check out what they got going on over there. If you're doing any kind of buffing, especially Kydex buffing, go get yourself. They have special wheels and special compound to make that shiny edge shinier. So go check out what they got. And our boy Andreas Kalani did some awesome videos on Kydex. Um, finishing, oh, yeah. and he used all. He uses all the combat stuff. He's a combat guy, and he uses all the combat uh, nice. stuff. So definitely check out what's going on at CombatAbrasives.com. Knife Talk fifteen gets you fifteen percent off. So I, you I do have a real serrations question. Go ahead. I might not be able to answer it, but I will. For you, I will. For all these ham and eggers, I won't. <laughs> but for you, I will. Uh, do you use a J Flex? Or like a 220 or whatever, J Flex, or do you go with a heavier? Because Combat also sells a heavier backed uh, 220 or higher grit. I think well, they go from 220 to 800. I'll tell you exactly what I do. First things first is I I I grind it to finish, as if I was going to put an, a razor edge on it, a yep. regular edge on it. Yep. Then I get a very dull 80 grit belt, okay. and also the dull is important too because you know, some of those contact wheels, they don't like a fucking tight. They don't like a new belt. Mm, they don't do yeah. well with a new no. belt. And if they're very big, if they're very big, you know, the grit's very big. All of a sudden, your your radius is different. Tubu so I use a, usually use a used 80 or 120 belt. And then I put it in, and then I hit it with the 200, 220, the 400, and then if I'm feeling like it, I do 800 every so often, but it doesn't really matter. And then I hit everything wow. with the... Yeah, I don't, you know, I mean, it's just... It's, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be a mirror polish, but I mean, I get yeah, pretty yeah, close. Yeah. No, no, Depends on what I got, but I'm, I'm not using... That's higher using, than I would have taken it. I mean, 400 is usually where I stop, but I mean, okay. you know, I take a look at it. But yeah. I mean, once in a while, if I got the 800 ready to go, I got a... Me we got a That's message fair. from Craig Lockwood. Oh, let's hear it. Message news. from Craig do, Lockwood. Do, 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 here, here, here we go. Here we go. This is from. <laughs> this is fucking perfect. This is a quote from Craig Lockwood. Fucking train. They had strikes so. They had strikes so rammed. Three two hundred and thirty euros first class, and I'm standing. And there's a picture. I'm gonna send it to you. <laughs> I'm gonna fucking send this shit. England, and he wrote 
England is a third world country. <laughs> oh, fucking, he's got the fucking poor Lockwood is trapped. Trapped. I'll fucking said that. I'll said I'm gonna said this to you. This is very funny. Please do. I tell you what. There's nothing. There ain't nobody better than fucking f- first class Lockwood. He is hilarious, and I'm just sending. I thought this it was luxury Lockwood. Uh, whatever it is, I'm so happy. I I was so irritated that he wasn't here, but now I'm so happy that he's paid for first class. He's paid for first class, and he's stuck standing in first class. I'm sending you this fucking awesome. He's the man. This is the best fucking train they had it strikes a uh, for 230 230 euros first class oh standing. yeah he's miserable so god bless craig lockwood he's trying <laughs> gonna how you gonna happen though <laughs> fine um uh yeah so sir you know what sir here's the thing about serrations you showed me in the beginning then i learned to be comfortable and i figured something out that works for me yeah and and people should try things. The problem with knife makers, and we're going to do this again because I, mean, I know we've done we it a couple it. weeks ago. I beat yeah, the brakes yeah. off of people before. You you fucking guys think that everything is about is you know you got to make money right off the bat, <laughs> and you you can't put in the, the hard work to kind of figure it out. And the the answers are right there. Go get yourself a straighted knife out of the goddamn red breadboard and measure it, and then and then you could actually even do the spacing based off of what whatever bullshit you have in your in your house, and then yeah. it'll work. And it's like you don't need to ask for you know what do you want? What do you want? Angles? Forget it. To try something. <laughs> I mean, it's right there. It's the guide's right there. It's the guide is in your mom and your grandma's house. I mean, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, if you don't got one, go to your grandma's. I mean, go to grandma's. Go to your cousins, your aunties, your friends, whoever's got a fucking bread knife. Go get. I it. had. A- uh, I did a bread knife, and then I was doing a, br- a brisket knife for this brisket guy. And he said, the bread knife is too jagged, and it's tearing everything up. Let me send you what we use. He sent me a serrated brisket knife, which changed my directly. Mm. It, it changed my spacings and the radiuses, and I made a change, and it was easy. And he gave me a, a sample, and then I measured it, and then it worked perfect. And it was like... Yeah. You know, I didn't have to call anybody for for Christ's sakes. All right, so here's what I got to tell you. I got to tell you, this is unbelievable. This is um, this is. We talked a couple weeks ago about I had customs problems. Remember, I had to send yes. somebody send customs back. They refused to pay customs out of the UK. The right. shipment got shipped back, and I and I was explaining how I do customs, and I always feel bad. Because I try to make it from because I can't use my ShipStation software for international. It won't do. It won't do. Um, it won't do customs forms. For sure. And it won't do international. Yeah. So I do it by hand. And if I'm going to do it by hand, I don't put the company name down. I put it my name and my address, and then it it looks like it's a gift. So I make it a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And then I and then when it's declared value, I you know I put in something low because I, at the same time I'm I'm also trying to make sure that I feel bad that people are paying a lot of money for the knife, but then they're paying a lot of money for the shipping, and then all of a sudden someone's stepping on it. You know the government's stepping on it. So mm-hmm. I even said this two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I said what I did. Well, Canadian Customs might be listening to this podcast. With that said, congrats! I'm, I'm saluting you, Canadian <laughs> Customs, because I got sent an email on Wednesday. Today's Thursday, so yesterday I got an email that was sent to Allison, and she forwarded it to me. And I'm going to read you the email. This is mm-hmm. unbelievable. All right, and we'll talk about it and everything like that. Okay. This is the email sent to uh, Allison. Good morning. I inspected a knife you shipped for the customer. I sent this knife to in Calgary today. 
Could you please supply a correct value for this knife? Uh, <laughs> the direct the d- declaration indicates it's $25. If you could send me the correct value so that I can send this package off to the customer, it would be much appreciated. Next paragraph. Also looking back, it appears you shipped two other knives to Canada in April. Looking at your website, I don't see any knives in the $25 price range. Oh, should you fail to correct the declared you, should you fail to correct the declared prices of the knives you ship to Canada, there is a chance that they will be returned to you or even seized for inaccurate information. Thank you. And it, it was signed by a guy from the Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. So at first guest on. No, I'm not going to say the guy's name. God bless. <laughs> I, listen, I'm saluting. I'm saluting the the customs forces in in Canada in case they're listening. Sure. I mean, God bless you. I mean, I don't. Know, I mean, I don't know why. Here's the crazy part. And honestly, I know that they're not listening. However, the crazy part is there's nothing on those packages to say Fader Knives. Nothing. Nothing, except for my name. So they opened okay. it up, found that it was a knife, and then Googled my name. And then decided that Jeff Fader is Fader Knives. Googled my website, and then sent the email. They this was detective work. This was pretty high level detective work <laughs> for a fucking for a fucking border patrol guy, you know. So Allison said, "Well, what should we do?" And I said, "What?" Well, I'm trying to think about this whole thing, and I'm just like, "What the fuck?" And Tony's just like. You know, Tony is so anti-government. He's just like, God, oh, they're always trying to take stuff up from us. How do you do business in a place mm. like... And so, so Allison said, well, listen, what we should do. We'll write this, and I'll say this, that, and the other thing. I said, don't write a song and dance. These are the cops. They heard it all. You don't want to over-tell a story. The guy sure. wants the correct value. Just write. I apologize. Sorry for any confusion. Here's the correct value. That's it. If he wants more, he'll ask for more. So that's what she wrote. She wrote, "Good morning. Apologies for any confusion. The correct value is yeah, three hundred fifty bucks." And that was it. He wrote back, "Thank you very much. Have a great day." <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Canada, ladies and gentlemen. Fucking to cannibal. The point. The Can- Canada. God bless you, Canada. You rattled my cage. You rattled my cage, and then thanked me afterwards. So. <laughs> Don't so now Canada. All I have to say is this: it was a fun time. It was a good time, and it was a fun time. Good while it lasted. But it was good while it lasted. <laughs> and I think it's over between you and me, Canada. The, I'm now officially red flagged. So everything I send across the border now, I'm telling the exact amount. You know, Allison was saying to me, she's like, "Well, it doesn't look like we're sending drugs over there." Or something. I'm like, I know. I'm trying to do a solid for the people who are buying the knives. I can't do that anymore. So Canada, it's all over. If you buy something from me from Canada, you're getting the you, whatever the customs is. I'm writing merchandise and I'm writing the f- exact cost, and you're paying, and and, that, and that's it. Because I just got an email, so I got an email from the customer. So I wrote to Allison. I said, "Well, just you don't have to tell. I think we've taken care of it. I think this is all going to be squared away. Don't need to tell the customer. We'll wait for something to happen, and mm-hmm. you know, get a message from the cus- from the customer this morning. So this all fucking happened in 24 hours. <laughs> Goes." The knife has been sitting in customs since the 14th, which is a week and a half ago. And I called USPS, and they say that there's an issue. Could you follow up on this? So I wrote back, and I said, of course. Look, this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened. I mean, we got a call from, and I wrote 
I didn't make a big production, but I said, we got a message from the customs department in, in uh, the Border Patrol, Mounties, or whatever the, whatever the fuck they are over there on the border <laughs> in Canada. I said, we took care of it, and it's supposed to go back out. They wanted more information. We gave them more information. It should be going out. I said, let me know if you don't get it in the next few weeks. We'll take care of you. So if it, if it doesn't, you know, if something happens, I'm going to take care of this guy again. But I've never in my life thought that this is something that they would do. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that? Are you uh, sure? Are you so politely sure? I mean, it seemed like it could have been a scam, but I, I was trying to like figure it out. There's no scam. No. I mean, they knew. And then they figured out that I had sold, sent other shit over there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I actually, that is definitely something, a scenario I've thought of. And then what happens? Is that mail fraud or like what I the mean, fuck? not really. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm not Canadian. So it's like, it's not really mail fraud. It's, yeah. I was just trying to, and I, and they didn't ask me, is it really a gift? So, I mean, we didn't even go down. I was just, I said to Allison, don't start fucking write, just write, you know, here's the value. And that's it. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to go down the road of like, is it really a gift or is it merchandise? We'll go that road when it comes to me. Yeah. But it was that was biz- beyond bizarre to the point where I was t- I talked to um, uh, Tomer about it, and Tomer said he had the same thing happen with Switzerland, where mm. sw- the sw- he got uh, one of his knives went got shipped to Switzerland, the the border patrol intercepted it or the customs I should say I shouldn't say border patrol the customs customs intercepted it opened yeah. it up looked through it emailed the company for more information it was just like what are you doing. This is what this is what you this is what the taxpayers are paying you for, right? You know, it's just like it was, it was crazy. I was crazy, frankly. I mean, have knives, you ever heard of something like that? I have not, but I'm again, I'm not surprised that it happens or has happened, uh, because it is definitely a scenario that's run through my head, and um, but I think here's the problem: the big problem. Is that you are a public figure? Oh, stop it! They don't. You this are, fucking guy doesn't know. Uh, the preeminent knife expert. Shut the for fuck the up. internet. There's no. There's and no. This you is write a, articles for big magazines. This is gonna fucking happen. You got a blue check mark. I mean, come on. I paid for the blue what are you check expecting? mark. I paid for the blue check mark. <laughs> what do you? I mean, what, this is a bullshit. The, you're, you're being very nice, but it's like I don't buy that. Buy that for a second. I do believe. I don't know. Frankly. I don't know. The guy with the website, the guy spent a lot of time over, you know, over really, you know, I'm not the guy, I'm not your guy. You should be worrying about the fucking meth. (laughs) You know, you should be worrying (laughs) about the the meth and the crack and all that stuff. I'm not your fucking guy, Canada. So last but not least, I'm saying it once, I'm saying it twice, I'm saying it a hundred times. Love you, Canada. It was great, but fun times are over with you and me. (laughs) There's going to be a hard reckoning. There's going to be a hard reckoning with me in Canada now. So God bless you, Canada. But, you know, for fuck's sake, ain't making it easy on anybody. You know what I'm saying? So if I got to, and I'll tell you what, if I got to refund this guy, I'm going to lose my, I'm going to fucking yell at Canada some more on this podcast. Respect, respectfully to the listeners, but that's about it. So with that said, let's talk about a little bit of business and then we'll get into it. We got lots to get to, by the way. And Craig's, Craig's, Craig's standing nut to butt on a train, first class, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> miserable. I wish I wish I could I wish you all were watching so I could just hold up the picture that he sent. He took a picture of basically him and a couple guys that are nut to butt in a first class train. God damn it. Third I mean, world country. Kinda... For it went to, from first class Craig to third world country Craig. 
So yeah. there you go. I, I think well, it's a perfect picture, actually. Oh, he should post great, that as right? an Instagram and then put the put knife talk right on the title of this book. Train wreck. That's in the yeah, train wreck. Train wreck. <laughs> third world crag. It's train wreck. Well, from Madison Avenue Craig to Third World Craig. I love it. <laughs> I can't be happy. Uh, frankly, I'm sad he's not here. I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be ha- I literally could not be happier right now. He paid for a fu- I mean he's he I couldn't be happier. So with that said, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna sand some stuff, why don't you use the best? I'm sure that we all know. Indasi USA makes Rhino Wet, which is the greatest stuff on the planet. I love Rhino Wet. I use it all the time. We have piles of it, and where I do get it from is Texas Ferry Supply. So you go to TexasFerrySupply.com, put in the promo code knife talk ten, you're gonna get ten percent off your Rhino Wet. And you get 10% off everything else over at Texas Ferry Supply. So go check out what my boys over at Texas Ferry Supply are doing. They're doing some good stuff. They're good stuff. Good guys. And um, the Indasa people are happy. We're selling paper here. I mean, first I was using it, w- it last night. Actually, it sorry, was, this morning. First it was Nick Wheeler, and now it's us. We're move- Guys, we're moving on at Rhino Wet. Everyone's happy. So mm-hmm. get yourself some of that Indasa USA. Rhino Wet is the best stuff on the earth. Texas Ferry Supply, 10% off. Promo code Knife Talk 10. All right. Well, there we go. So, I almost have- texted you this morning as I was leaving the shop at 2.30 in the morning. Because I'm pretty sure you were probably up by that point. Oh, 2.30 in the morning for you? Oh, I'm definitely up. 5.30 so in the morning for oh, you. Pff, I've been up. I'm up at 4 <laughs> in the morning these days. This is ridiculous. I'm, I'm text. you know, funny enough, I'm I'm texting with with Tomer at like oh, sure. 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, for lunchtime. He, yeah. he, he's he got all sorts of things. I got some, We got, he and I got some collaborations going, getting ready to go to Barcelona, all this Ooh. stuff. You know, so we can, here's what we got. We have, we have, uh, we have uh, questions. We have listener feedback and we have, it, we, last time you and I were on together, somebody, uh, our friend uh, Falcon Knives AK suggests we do a, we do a bit called, the, I, I've turned it down into dumb people, dumb things that people say. We got a pile of people mm. who have been to blade shows and markets and stuff, and dumb people things have said, dumb things people have said to them. I got yeah. a shit ton of them. So, nice. you, you well, let's take a few questions and then uh, yeah, we'll let's see do where a go. couple and then we'll jump over to the next. Yeah, go ahead. All right, you want to start or you want me to? Start? Sure. Why don't you give it a shot? All right. Shot number one. This is from Natural State Forge. Next week, I'm assisting an instructor with a week-long intro to forging to forging workshop for adults. Do you guys have any tips or advice that you think might not be obvious, or think you wish, sorry, think that you wish more people knew about when it comes to forging for the first time? And then he says, "Thanks for the laughs and advice. You guys and the podcast are much appreciated." That's an excellent question. Yeah. And the reason why is because we don't have a long history of, of forging as t- a teaching. The teaching methods right. for forging is very re- it's a very recent thing. You think mm-hmm. about history teachers, the generations of English teachers and math teachers. Right. You have like a guideline. So for forging te- forge teaching, it is really, really hard. What would you suggest? For a week-long class. As, a, um, as him as a teacher, what should he be looking right. for? Or as an assistant. He's assisting a teacher. Um, make sure there's some fucking water in the shop. <laughs> and because you're going to... People are going to be sweating their asses off. Um, two, uh, if somebody wants to wear gloves, let them fucking wear gloves. I know Jason... Knight has done his shock jock thing and called him bitch mittens, but gloves are important. And yeah, if that's, that's what somebody needs, then that's what somebody needs. 
uh, eye protect. I, I mean, for me, it's all about the the protection. So like eye protection would be number, actually probably number one, because four scale and shit flies and stuff pops out of the tongs. You do not want that going. Ideally, not in your face, but n definitely not in your eyes. So wear eye protection. Um, That's standard so stuff. I'm just saying, like, some, no, it's good. Some people no, aren't on top of that shit. Oh, I'm like, dude, fuck the best, you, the if best you're are working on top around me and we're doing work, you put your fucking eye protection. The best, on. the best don't use eye protection. But when we talk about eye protection, people start getting all salty. Hey, Sally, safety. They don't like it. So well, fuck them. All right, there you go. You heard it, guys. Blocked. <laughs> Respectfully. <laughs> Blocked. <laughs> the, you know what? i tell you what. I don't like wearing gloves, but one yeah. thing that gloves protect are, the, are, are hot spots that turn into uh, blisters. There's an awesome product by 3M. Okay. It's a brown tape. It's a it's and it's hmm. it's got a little bit of uh, give. It's like a foam tape. It's very standard in any kind of hard uh, CVS or something like that. Okay. So it's a 3M tape. It's tan in color and it's got like some thickness to it, almost like I don't know if you were like wrapping a lacrosse stick or you're wrapping like a like oh, a yeah. tennis sure. racket or something like that. It's got yeah, some yeah. give. If you have the beginning stages of a blister, this is the shit for you. You will no longer have a blister, or it'll protect you from having a blister. The 3M tan tape rules. We would go through in classes. People have their hands wrapped up, and but they wouldn't have a problem. It's awesome stuff. Interesting. The, okay. That's uh, that's number one. That's dynamite stuff. I Always like have it in the shop when we're doing a class because I mean it does. Band aids don't really work, and you know I I'm not a fan of gloves, but at the same time I ain't gonna give you a problem if you have. Gloves. I do I might glove give you on my managing hands because sometimes either you're reaching towards the fire, and okay. it's really hot, right. or the tongs pick up heat from the yeah. Work. That so, I understand. Yeah. Uh, what I would highly suggest is number one: when you're an assistant, don't different teach from the teacher. That's oh, yeah. I've been That's down that road. Not me personally, but I've seen it, and it's usually it turns into a ugly situation. Uh, having people have a better posture, not allowing people to relax is the real thing. I think that people get really because I've taught a number of blacksmith classes, and people are very nervous. You gotta chill them out. You gotta figure out a way of saying, "Don't worry, don't grip, don't death grip the hammer. You don't have to. Don't. Everything's gonna be fine. We're gonna have a good time. Make some jokes. Make small talk. The beards and the card pants and then the you know the <laughs> fucking tattoos get people tight. They <laughs> get people tight. Tell a few jokes. Relax them a little bit because you just they were they're have a good time. Not they're not there. You know this isn't like you know this isn't. I was going to make a joke, but we're not making jokes. So I, just relax them a little bit. That's the most important thing, being relaxed and then stepping in when you think that they need some help. Also, like if somebody – the best thing I when I ever teach is know what you're going to do before you put the piece of steel in the fire. That's the number one thing that people oh, yeah. don't understand. They don't understand like you put it in and then you're supposed to do something with it. Don't let them – Get them to know exactly what they're going to do once they pull out of the fire. Exactly where they're going to go. Exact. If you have that, if you have them organized, it's going to make it much more fun for them. The worst is they pull it out and they kind of don't know what they're doing, and it's because maybe the, maybe they weren't paying attention or maybe they maybe the teacher wasn't giving them the best. You have to make sure that before they put the steel into the fire, they know exactly what they're going to do when they pull it out. That's that would that's the most helpful thing. Um, and you will get people be fired up and getting into good habits. I honestly, I still do that constantly. 
it's it's not 100 percent uh like muscle memory uh or unconscious so i'm like all right i put the steel back in the, i put the steel back in the fire right. and usually i have like five minutes i'm like all right what the fuck am i doing next where do i what hammer am i using what tongs am i using what's my path is it clear right what where is you there going excess on the shit on top of the anvil if right. there is it needs to get the fuck out of there that's the key. I mean, when I teach the friction folder class, I'm like, this is what we're doing now. And then I break it down and I break it down. This is what we're doing next. And this is where we're going to go. Yeah. And maybe have uh, progression boards always help because people can actually see what they're supposed to be making. Yeah, and sure. then just being, I, if you're an assistant, you're in the best spot because all you have to do is make sure they're having a good time. Make sure they have a good time. That's, that's number one is if they got to have a good time. Don't let them stress out. People get people get super tight, especially in the summertime with hammers and the forges and the expectations. Don't let yeah. them get tight. Don't let them get tight. That's what I would say. All right, let's 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 That's keep a good going. that was a good question. That was especially a good question for you since you Great question. So I mean, much, uh, my opinion is teaching. is like I I I I am I I uh, just interviewed my kid on Full Blast and we were talking about um, talent versus discipline. And I, mm. we, can, we I was also listening to I've been listening to so much basketball and listening to all these guys and talent is one thing but without discipline talent is wasted so yeah. you have to just know what and the, and repetition of what you're going to be doing is the best thing you can do and just kind of simplify things all right next thing is this is from jordan this is from jordan oh. jordan says hey bros got a question what is the sharpening angle of a chef's knife what angle do you all find to be best for a workhorse chef knife and why? Love the show. Thank you, Jordan. And if you mm -hmm. guys, if you're listening to this and be like, I got a question to ask, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow. You can DM us your questions there. You can interact with the show. That's where I usually ask for questions or at a specific time, a couple days before, couple days before um, we, we're about to um, record. So that's your move. So go to knife talk podcast on instagram so what's your angles what's your angles my angles right it depends on the knife it depends on what the knife is doing uh i'm not going to put the same sharpening angle on a boning knife or a butcher knife or like a, a cleaver as i would on a santoku or a, a general purpose chef's knife right so um most of the time especially if the knife isn't going to be coming into contact with either bone um well actually it's, i think it's just bones yeah so as long as the knife is only only being used you know, ideally on the proper cutting surface um so no plates no bullshit trivets or marble cutting boards or any of that shit um natural cutting boards or plastic cutting boards great um i, I will sharpen it so if it's only cutting through fruit vegetables and boneless meat then I'll sharpen at a 20 degree overall bevel. So, so like a 20 to 25, which is pretty refined. Um, and so when I say overall, that's the, the, the full bevel. So half of that, when you go to sharpen, you're only sharpening one side. Half of that is your sharpening bevel, which would be 10 to 12 and a half degrees, which is pretty shallow. Um, and you just kind of beef it up from there. Um, the harder the work the knife is doing. Um, 30 degrees is kind of a, a, a little bit of a, a, a standard that people like to work with. Um, you know, you don't honestly like a, a hunting, like the thicker the material is behind the edge, 
at a 30 degree angle, like you can beat some shit up with that, like really aggressive. Um, and so, yeah, that 20, kind of like that 20 to 30 degree range, um, is good. A lot of people think things are happening at 45 degrees. Maybe if it's an ax or something really hard to use, 45 is, would be where you go. But, but for a chef knife, I mean, you're looking at like under 20, right? Generally. Yeah. Overall. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for, yeah. Like I said, Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, so yeah. Uh, each side. So for an overall 20 degree bevel, if you go finer than that, you you start to get into, uh, an area where things can, um, depending on the heat tree, where the edge might not be, have enough stability and be able to withstand, um, even sometimes like cutting seeds or stems and shit like that. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, sounds 20, good to me good enough for me good. i mean i don't like to i don't i i hate i hate that angle you know when people ask me i don't really mm-hmm. i don't i mean it's i like the you know what is it the a book of matches or something like that i i, I don't know i it depends yeah. on the thing but it's like i don't know i have a, i mean i would say i i usually tell people that it's like between third around 13 i would say 13 degrees is where usually my culinary knives are yeah, like each side, which would give right. you an overall 26 or so right? overall yeah. angle. That's about uh, I think the, the book of matches, uh, which is a thing Bob talks about, and I think he has a sharpening video um, with Hankles. No, the with Sir with Latab. That, yeah, with, with Sir, Sir Latab. Excellent video, by the way. Excellent it is. video. YouTube, prob- it's a YouTube video with Sir Latab. Yes. The, the, the one problem is if you use that same reference for between a paring knife and a chef's knife, especially a tall chef's knife, you still have the same thing under there, but the angle is completely different. Right. So um, it, it is important to try to figure oh, out right, a consistent right, resource right. or way to keep your angles um, in line. Actually, my buddy, uh, Brian Hinnenkamp, he's Tortuga Blade Works. Uh, he is working on a sharpening jig, an angle sharpening jig thing that's actually pretty fucking smart and i'm amazed that it doesn't already exist and i think it's a really great idea and i think it's going to be an awesome resource for a lot of people especially if they're doing hand sharpening with any kind of stones or potentially for their customers well, um it's really fucking cool i'm like i'm it. i'm not i'm not for for the you know mom and pop you know joe and jane uh, knife buyer sure i'm not optimistic about about everybody being proficient in sharpening knives no i'm I'm usually not either and it's you know people buy all kinds of shit that they think they're going to use but honestly at least for knife makers if you want to and culinary knives you want to get a stone finish on your knife um it's going to be i mean i'm fucking so stoked to get a get a hold of one and, and use it because i i'm i'm working from a lot of practice but at the same time when i go between sharpening a tall chef's knife and sharpening a an inch wide uh, utility knife it, it things start to get a little awkward and i'm not exactly sure if i'm hitting the exact the you know the proper angles and so it'll be it'll be good to have something like a visual reference uh, that you can kind of keep your eyes on the whole time you're sharpening well there you go yeah. well you know where i'm never disappointed when i when this i year. get 
is Maritime Knife Supply. It's a one-stop shop for knife makers. Get your steels, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, and more. They're the Canadian distributor for combat abrasives. They're the Canadian distributor of Broadback Ironworks. They're the Canadian distributor of Damage Steel. They have Rhino Wet. They're doing it. They're listening to this podcast and picking it up. So if you want, go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and check out what they have. They have belt. Uh, they have belt packets. If you buy a ba- pack of ten belts, you get uh, one free. So that's ten percent off. And Lawrence, let me know that the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Oh, nice. The Great Lakes Custom Knife Show in Ontario, Canada. Don't worry, Customs. I will not be going. You don't have to worry <laughs> about me. I'm not going to be causing a problem. Saturday, August 9th. 19th in Goderick, Ontario, Canadian Canada's largest knife show, located on this picturesque shore of Lake Huron, featuring some of the best talents in the Canadian knife making community. Go follow the Great Lakes Custom Knife Show or visit GreatLakesCustomKnifeShow.com for more information. Thank you uh, to Lawrence and Maritime Knife Supplies for sponsoring the Great Lakes Knife Show. Look at look at look at Lawrence. He's involved with the New England School of Metalwork. He's involved. With the, he's in there. He yeah. Fucking guys in there. He's so doing God it. bless. Well, God bless him. It's smart because because of his business. But yeah. honestly, I'm shocked that other companies haven't done something like that. Or even like look, like I thought it was awesome that he did the scholarship for the New England School of Metalwork. Like Big the fucking time. ABS doesn't even do a scholarship for the New England School of Metalwork. He did a very good job. He's yeah. a good guy. He's a good guy, yeah. and uh, he's at Maker Camp too. He uh, he'll be brown bagging some shirts and stuff. I'm sure if you go yeah. to, if you go to Maker Camp, he brought a pile of beer and M and M's for everybody at night. That was a really nice thing to Chips. do. He's not. He's a very <laughs> he's a very savvy character. He's a good so dude. Go sponsor uh, Maritime Knife Supply. So here we got. Yeah, let's jump. We have more it. questions. We also have a, a listener feedback. We have another. We have another bit. Let's do some f- listener feedback. All right, listener feedback. I don't know if you listened to last week's episode with Ben Snore. It was very funny. He is a funny guy. He's a funny... It's, for, he's I don't know what it is. Every time I have him on, he's a, he's a very funny guy. So um, <laughs> the, there was a section. <laughs> the first one comes from Ashley Edwards. Listener feedback. Edwards. And I'm going to have okay. to give you a little bit of a refresher. I don't know if you listened. Okay. Hi, guys. Great episode of Dick Talk last week. About 15 minutes into the in-depth discussion about oh, King Charles's lawn dick... I couldn't take it anymore. I had to pull the car over. Google said Google said lawn dick to study the balls oh. and shaft myself. I agree. <laughs> Decent workmanship right there. If I can only grind my blades as straight as that dick. Life goals. <laughs> so basically, we it's a ridiculous story. Somebody mowed a giant dick and balls into where the, uh, the king was going to be coronated. And we wanted to kind of... CSI how the mower did such a good job because he did a really good job. You should Google uh, what uh, um, Ben Ben Googled coronation lawn dick and then it came right up. (laughs) But it is an extraordinary job in the middle of the night how they did it. So we were trying to figure out the whole episode, well half the episode, we were trying to figure out how they did it in one shot with nobody watching. So that was that. So thank you, Ash. All it's right. good, right? Did a good job, right? I'm trying to. Is it actually mowed, or is the did the ass did, was there like some sort of acid or something? Well, oh, that's what mode. we were trying to f- see. Now all of a sudden, it's not so juvenile, right? You're trying to figure it out. We were we thought maybe there was oh, some. Oh no, it's there it's could massive. have been Roundup. Holy shit, that's they huge. Could, but he did a good job, right? It's yeah. either fake. I don't, which I don't think so. Oh, 
How do you think he got the ball so round? Do you think they Dude, put we, a spike down? You see aside it. That's right. What we a well, you're probably it, right. Put a we stake said down was on the, tether. the guy had a rope, and he yeah. and then the it was because we figured that there was some Fibonacci sequence going on here, a golden <laughs> the golden ratio, because the balls were perfectly round, and then we figured. And I know I got with people just like oh, we have to do this again. I got to catch up, Morocco guys. He wasn't here last week. Got to catch him up. So we figured a guy was standing in the middle of the rope. And then they just kind of, the other guy with the lawnmower is holding the rope and just kind of like doing that kind of like a, like a compass, really. Yeah, yeah. So that's That's that. We don't have to keep going into it. But I mean, we, we, it was a very funny episode. So, um, oh, so here, this is, this is a result of, this is the result of, this one comes from uh, Devil's Hollow Forge. This is funny. He goes, laughing my ass off. Mareko uncovers the forge welding process in the thousand year old Roman swords and Fader and Snork uncover how the balls and shaft, the king's lawn are so (laughs) symmetrical. Gotta have life goals, but the legacy we leave behind. He goes, uh, laughing my ass off. I'm glad Bob turned me on y'all show you guys are definitely entertaining that's good that's then cooey forge works right everyone wanted to know cooey forge forge works says my thoughts four guys two strings two herbicide sprayers with a custom two foot wide ends no mowers no loud great fun um and then here's something kind of interesting uh this one comes from lca knife works he <laughs> says hey y'all um i had a personal quote knife rights win this week there was a very large craft show at my hometown that would not allow the sale of knives because they deemed them as weapons i was able to secure a meeting with the board members and get the rule overturned never would i thought my little podunk town would vote in alcohol before the sale of knives thanks lca knife works (laughs) p.s y'all need to go look up the organization quote knife rights So, that. knife rights. I, I this this falls into the whole what we've been talking about with in regards to social media and like the sure. concept of shadow banning. Right. This is all people just don't want to be sued. Like I, I think that I think that if most problems, if we weren't so fucking litigious, oh yeah, I think most problems would probably go away. It's but people, I mean, yeah, this country was the United States is built on built on on lawyers. I mean, we're, everything's about the law. So we're built on being sued. So well, not if Chat GPT has anything to say about it. Ugh, I'm so sick of the fucking AI. I'm so I'm so I've had enough about it. So so that's the interesting thing. I think the best thing. I think the best thing that could happen to the knife community is more of you guys fucking close up your shop and take a law class. <laughs> go fucking go to law school. That if you want to help the knife community. <laughs> Be a lawyer. Don't be a fucking knife maker. We have enough of you. We need more lawyers. Ugh, I can't believe I said that. Um, <laughs> oh, here's a good one from our friend Justin Stinson, Running Man Forge. Okay. Love Justin. You know Justin. Yeah, buddy. He's a fucking awesome dude. Good dude. He says, I have, and this is, we, this is uh, pretty interesting. He says, I have a new recipe for etching Damascus. Okay. Clean strokes of fresh 120, then gator piss till it's about 80% black. Then into the coffee for the rest of the etch. I neutralize the Windex in between and at the end. I blow off the water with compressed air, no wiping. Then I let it sit to have the etch settle in, sunshine cloth, and oil it up. He said 120? Uh, a 1200. Oh, geez. Fresh 1200, sorry. Okay. 1200. Um, I, I, uh, I, uh, I, 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 I like this very much. I use the Gator Piss from Baker Forge. Those guys are awesome. Um, 
and you can uh, get yourself some gator piss. I mean, what are you going to do? Just don't tell your customers. They're not. They don't want to. They don't need to know. You can't knock. You can't knock them for twelve hundred bucks or thirteen hundred bucks or whatever thirty two hundred bucks and say, yeah, it's been soaking in the gator piss. It's hard to. It's hard to fucking rationalize they, it. They don't want. Um, they don't care about how the sausage. Well, maybe some. They don't. But they I don't mean, care what you're fucking etching with. They don't give you, a shit. This you is can how, call it GP etch if you want. How's how that? fucking good is Koi Baker? He doesn't give a. He knows how good. <laughs> no, it works. I know he doesn't give a. Fuck. He, awesome. He's the best. Koi's the best. I'm gonna have him on full blast at some point. Nice. He was on. Uh, he was on. What was he on? He was on the <clears> Work <throat> for It podcast with. Uh, go listen to uh, Brian Cohen interviewed him, and then mm. he was also on Accident Podcast. Uh, Koi's the man. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, I definitely go with the, the I love the Gator Piss, and then I etch. I um I use the coffee etch. I feel like it's a it's a less harsh. It's a less. I mean, sometimes the Gator Piss is so strong. I feel like it really pulls out the. Uh, it really pulls out your satin finish almost a little bit too much. So um, interesting. But I tell you what, and you know too, as well, just as well, your friend, uh, our friend Neil Camelmore did an awesome video on how he finishes Damascus. And that yeah. video on YouTube, on his YouTube channel, of finishing the Damascus, etching the Damascus, and coffee etching the Damascus and finishing is just about as good as it gets. And it's all from Mareka's information and, and Steve Schwarzer's information. Right. Um, uh, we, could do, we could do this. We could do something else. If you want to do... Uh, yeah, let's, let's jump to the... Uh, all right. So bef before we, uh, before we do, why don't you tell everybody about your grinder? I got a Broadbeck, and Broadbeck's a great machine. It is, I call it, I keep calling it the Swiss, Swiss Army Knife of the shop because it is. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is multiple machines in one. 
Uh, it's your buffer, it's your disc sander, it's your uh, blade grinder, it's your surface grinder, it's all this shit. So um, they're awesome. And they're going to, well, shit, Blade Show, by the time this comes out, Blade Show is over. So I'm pretty sure our codes go back to the 100 and 200, right? Right, yes. I'm assuming the same thing. But, I mean, you might as well just check out what's going on at Broadback Ironworks. Uh, their, their normal codes are... Knife Talk 200 for $200 off the grinder packages. Right. Knife Talk 100 for the sharpening system, service grinder, and the leather sewing machine. Yeah. But they do have Blade Show sales. I don't know how long they're going to do it for if you're listening on Monday. Oh, actually, you, you know, know what? I'm maybe it's going. Maybe yeah, it's going. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'll just double check really quick. Yeah, it goes until June 11th. So that that is going to be after this episode airs. Okay. So, yeah. There you go. So go, the, go to their website and they have massive discounts uh they they got like 590 dollars off the super mega package they got 445 dollars off the premium plus package they got 215 dollars off the uh max plus package uh, and i think they got some sort of deal with belts and all that kind of stuff going along with it um so yeah definitely go check out their website that's right um broadbackironworks.com and get yourself a deal while they got it because I mean, fuck, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different attachments that you can get on the Super Mega package. Seven different machines in one for 4075 bucks. I right. mean, what the fuck? What the fuck is right? And just to let you guys know, if you're in Canada, the Maritime Knife Supply is their distributor. And if you're in Australia, our buddies at Gamaco, you're going to see corn. You're going to see corn when you're down there. Uh, they are this exclusive uh, distributor of Broadback Ironworks in Australia, right? And I would imagine New Zealand. What the fuck do I know? I know we get we get some every so often. I get a, I get smashed. Uh, yeah, I'm not from Australia. I'm from New Zealand. I'm not from New Zealand. I'm from Australia. Australians want to be New Zealanders. New Zealanders want to be Australian. I'm with you, <laughs> fucking guys. What I don't know. I, I'm with you, 100. percent You know, leave me alone, Jesus. <laughs> um, but Gamaco's got you squared away. So. This this one comes uh, two episodes ago. We got a message from Falcon Knives AK. He wanted to submit a bit, which was a great idea. Really resonated. And if you want to submit bits to the show, sometimes they work. Sometimes eh, it's fine, but it's just like maybe it won't work. Uh, it was basically like the dumb things that people say to you at a blade show or a market. You know, mm -hmm. like you're standing there, you're doing something, and some civilian says something boneheaded. So the first one comes from Stu Lind, who is from New Zealand. God damn it, Stu, I got it right for once. <laughs> I mean, he, he breaks my balls if I call him from Australia. He goes, I used to be um, on a vintage arms show circuit. He said, think bayonets, cutlasses, cavalry cutlasses, uniforms. The amount of 50-plus-year-old guys who would come to my table and tell me all about the knife that they made with a bit of steel they found in the farm and repeatedly say, it never went dull, mate, never. I can't. He goes, I don't tell you how to milk a cow or uh, bang a sheep or <laughs> just get out of here. So that's, that's everyone he knows everything. Yep. Um, so here's another one, and you can see what you think about this. This okay. is from JVB Knives Canada. The dumb okay. people, dumb things people have said to me. You knife makers are a dying breed. And then he goes, all while there are more knife makers than ever before. And then the other, the other thing people say to him is, is it even sharp? Proceeds to cut themselves badly. Oh, my God. And the worst is, what happens if I, if I put my finger in this power hammer? Primal instinct. F you. Get out of my shop. So, you know any dumb things? What, you've been at Blade Show a number of times. What's the yeah. dumbest thing people say to you? 
Uh, God. Come I on. I mean, the sharp thing is definitely one that's like, what? Is it really a, sharp? Yeah. They're scary. Has, uh, has anyone, like, given you, like, like, when you give them the price, they, like, say something? Oh, sure. They're like, oh, wow, that seems like a lot of money. It's just a kitchen knife, isn't it? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, and, it, it, and that's where I, like, yeah, I realized that because kitchen knives are part of our everyday life people don't hold they, they don't hold much mystique for some for many people um and because but because you know you don't walk around swinging swords or carrying bowie knives all the fucking time you're like oh look at that big fucker and so but and, and everybody like e even though it's the same amount of work that goes into making a custom kitchen knife People are there's so much more mystique around these knives that people hardly ever see or hold or use that they're very happy to pay money for those knives. But why would they pay any money for a knife that they already have a fucking kitchen knife? Like why would they pay more money for another for a kitchen knife? So yeah, that was always really fucking frustrating. Actually, to go back to what we were talking about before, you were saying that I focus on makers on my Instagram and I actually that started out as me trying to avoid these fucking stupid conversations that i'd have to have to basically like justify and explain all the work that's going into what i'm doing to make my knives um so i was like i know i'll just show people on my instagram yeah. and so that when it comes to a show um ideally if somebody comes up to my table like they already get it right because they're seeing it but then the 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 side effect was that a lot of makers were also seeing the stuff i was posting and getting value out of it and so then it's been, it's always kind of played a kind of like a double role where it's, it's helping other makers, but it's also helping to better educate uh, potential customers to understand the, the, the work that goes into making the knives, as well as kind of like some stuff to look for, or, you know, having something more meaningful to ask than is it sharp or whatever the fuck other stupid stuff people say. I hope that you have a list when we see you next. Oh, of yeah. all the dumb things people say to you for at Blade Show. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll try to. Uh... And that goes for all you listeners who are down there. If you overhear something stupid somebody says, or dumb or annoying, here's an example. Mm -hmm. I used to sell these giant lure sculptures. They're sculptures. They're not lures. They were not fishing lures. They're just oversized giant sculptures. Sure. This woman drove up on a rascal, and she says, "How much are those?" <laughs> And I said, oh, between, you know, this one's 150 bucks, that one's a couple grand, and anywhere in between. And she just looked at me, and she goes, I never pay that much for bait, and drove off. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, that, wasn't a, that was actually a funny thing to say, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I've heard it all. I mean, our boy, uh, our boy, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Rich, um, who's our f big friend? I forgot his name. Hall. Oh, Rick Hall. Rick Hall. He had a guy. Yeah. Sorry, Rick. You're not listening anyway. Don't worry. I know who you are. He he um he had a guy grab the knife off his table and cut his arm off or or part of it. <laughs> I mean, it's like you can't make it up. You can't yeah. make it up. Uh, that was last year, I believe. Brigham Kendall says dumb things people say to me. Oh, your name is Brigham. You must have sixteen wives. No, oh I only have three. Is my answer. <laughs> But then he goes. Then he had to t let me know. He goes, "Oh, for your information, I only have one wife." Thanks, Brigham. We thought all of a sudden you'd like had a fucking harem. Yeah, you little bastard. We knew you don't have a harem. You couldn't fucking. You couldn't have a harem. You're you're maniac. That sounds like a nightmare. He's in you. Well, you're you, if you're in Utah. If you're living in Utah 
and your name's Brigham, you're going to get it, my man. I mean, that's just the way it is. You know, that's just that's just part of the game. Your parents fucked you up with that name for that reason, because people are just going to say think that you're Brigham Young, for Christ's sakes. Uh, <laughs> pardon the expression. Uh, our friend Henry Hyde. Love Henry Hyde. Henry Hyde yeah. is the man. Henry Hyde says, here are the dumb things people have said to me. He goes, you're using Cold Steel, right? You know, the company Cold Steel. He goes, uh, another thing is uh, someone who says, you know, this is really dangerous that you're selling knives here. He goes, at a culinary event. <laughs> oh, my God. And then uh, and then some guy picked up the knife and says, hey, honey, look at this. He holds the knife edge first against his throat and pretends to cut. He says, that happened to me. Guy picked it up and Fuck. pretended to fucking slit his own throat. Yeah. I would make a joke, but uh, I did a press release with Charlie Palmer years ago. Oh yeah, and we were trying to get good pictures. We were trying to get good pictures done, and he said he thought I needed to shave. He says, "How come?" He says, "He goes, hey, if you ever hear me say what's going on, I get that from Charlie. Charlie used to rattle my key, answer the phone. Hey, it's Charlie. What's going on? So he would always say to me, "Well, hey, Fader, you come in here and you don't even shave. What's the matter with you?" And they're taking the pictures, and he grabs my head and he holds the boning knife up against my face like he's—he looks like a barber, and he's giving right. me a shave. And then I did it. I did the thing. He, we, I wanted to do that again. And the famous chef Elizabeth Faulkner was there. And she, very famous chef, Elizabeth Faulkner, awesome chef, Food Network yeah. star, really great. She's got a couple of my knives. She fucking lit me up. She lit me up. She says, it's not a, you don't do that, and you should never make a joke about that. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, listen, relax. I'm with you. I'll number again. So I don't do that joke anymore. <laughs> um, here's a good one. Uh, this one comes from 5120 Blades. Hey, fellas, in regards to things people have said to me, when I was about 14 and still new to knife making, I was at a Bass Pro Shops and went by the knife counter to talk sharpening. I was a young kid, so I wanted to show off my work, so I presented my most recent knife to a guy behind the counter to have it sharpened. And he goes, oh, wow, I was expecting, me, I was expecting you to hand me a pocket knife, and you pull out this hunk of junk. Oh, Jesus. I just shut down, and I said, uh, yeah, I just finished it yesterday. And he just peered off his glasses at me and says, well, we'll see if we can get an edge on it, or at least it might cut something. I often think about this often, and it's a great reminder of how far we've come. Shout out to Kevin from Bass Pro Shops for the constructive criticism and his killer <laughs> discernment. Fuck you, Kevin. That's what I yeah, have to say. fuck Kevin. I mean, Kevin, you know what, Kevin? You're a piece of shit. That's what you are. Uh, 52, 51, 20 blades. You didn't need that as a 14 year old. You didn't need that, and it was unnecessary. And this sh shithead said something to you that was really unnecessary. It was unnecessary. That's what it comes down to. People say things that are unnecessary. And Kevin, I know you're not listening. But you really, if you do listen, if someone knows Kevin from Bass Pro Shops, I want him to listen to this part. It's one minute and seven seconds into the podcast. Kevin, one hour. You, you, one hour and seven seconds of the podcast. Seven minutes. Kevin, one, one hour, seven minutes. Hold on a second. Let me redo this. Kevin, tell Kevin from Bass Pro Shops, one hour, seven minutes, and 30 seconds into the podcast. Kevin, let me tell you something. You are a shitheel. That's what you are, a shitheel. You're not a nice person. I don't respect you. I don't like you. I don't like that you said that, and it's enough. All right, so Kevin's t Kevin takes the fucking pipe for that. <laughs> Has anyone ever said anything, or have you ever overheard anyone say something so unhelpful? Uh, oh, yeah. I, actually, a Blade Show, one guy... <laughs> 
the, this guy, he was an older dude. I could tell he was a collector. They because of the collectors, especially. I think it's on. Uh, they get they get in early, or they get in, like whatever passes, right. and they can get right. in early. And cruising they, around, and they pop their chest out like they're really something, right? Yeah, and they're walking with like their envelopes of cash Ugh. meant for different styles of knives and shit Ugh. like that. <laughs> and uh, and the guy walks by my table, says nothing about any of my work, and doesn't say anything about the Damascus or how the handle sculpted or anything. He picks up one of my knives, he looks at it, and he's like, "You know, you you should curve that." heel he thought the heel was too pointy he's like you should curve that back forward so that you don't cut your finger on that corner and i was like oh yeah okay thanks and i didn't know what to say i was just shocked i was like what the fuck is this guy telling me and first off i'm like my first i was like what the fuck is your finger doing underneath that part of the knife and second off if your finger is down by the edge anyways it doesn't matter if it's sharp down there or not you're probably still gonna cut yourself but this I was like, that's like not helpful. Jerk. You're an idiot. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know why pe- people feel I should have need- said, I was like, oh, yeah, when was the last time you fucking cooked anything, you piece of shit? I don't know. I kind of want, there's some, t- sometimes I'm, I'm close with some people that I kind of want to, like, say something to as constructive. And then I'm just like, what do I, what am I going to do? I'm going to give somebody unsolicited advice. You know what you should do? I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the, you know what you should do. Live your life. Learn your lessons. If you ask me for help, I'll give you help. I'm not putting it out there. This is a strange move. And I have sometimes when I'm at a place, you do have this like, it's almost like gravitational pull to say something. Like you feel Mm, as though I need. Here's a good example. Jason Knight went to the knife shop that Quentin Middleton was working at, and he felt the gravitational pull to say something about the knives that Quentin was selling that he wasn't even, he didn't even make. He was a knife salesman, and he, Jason, felt the need. He felt the need. Look, history was made. They became friends, and now Quentin is a great knife maker, awesome guy. But sometimes you feel as though you need to say something, you should stop. You should really stop. Doesn't matter. Well, I think there's a place for it sometimes, though. If I mean, look, I will asked, tell you, I'll tell you this right now. I do not want to have to ask, especially if it's something I'm completely unaware of. How can I ask you a question? If you see, if I'm telling you personally, if you see something, you, th- you think different. you should say something, please tell me. Fucking tell me. That's different. That's I like the it. New York City transit. See something, say something. I understand. You're giving the approval. You yeah. are giving the approval. You are on the speaker in the city. You see a, you see a empty. Someone's left their bag. If you see something, say something. You are announcing if you see something, say something. <laughs> if nobody wants to see something, don't say something. You know what I'm saying? Like if you say to me, if I said, I don't want you to say something, then don't say something. Sure. But like fucking Kevin for Bass Pro Shops fucking guy felt the need to say something he saw something he said something he didn't even mean to see, he shouldn't have said it he's 14 year old kid you know let's just cut kevin maybe some slack oh are we cutting some let's cut kevin some slack i'm i'm listening in all well, ears i'm trying i'm trying to do a better job of thinking the best of people okay and i'm sure you've heard this floating around lately a lot lately that hurt people hurt people Whoa. And the reality yes. is I guarantee he's peddling some bullshit his dad used to give him. Jesus Christ. And if Christ. you think about this sad little child that he was and his dad saying that to him, imagine how sad he feels inside. 
I feel terrible <laughs> of all the awful things I said about Kevin. Kevin, it's no, now... No, fuck Kevin still. Wait a second. You, Kevin, Wait a you... second. You had me turn. <laughs> I'm, it's one minute, 12, one hour, 12 minutes in. I'm apologizing to Kevin. Kevin, I didn't know who hurt you. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry for saying the things that I did. Hurt people hurt people. So I, I didn't mean to hurt you. But uh, it'll fuck you too. I mean, I don't, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm back and forth. It, I'm on the seesaw. It doesn't excuse you, Kevin. that he still was being a dick. But I'm, I'm really like I'm having a hard time figuring out my decision on how I feel about <laughs> Kevin right now. But you, you make a good point. Yeah. But uh, look, let's keep going. I'm, I've been um, watching Ted Lasso. I'm learning a lot. I, I'm on to uh, David watches Ted Lasso, and he he watched the last episode. I just I'm on the last season. And that guy uh, Zava is on the team, and they just lost to that uh, uh, guy. They, yep. they, they just lost the game to yeah. the other team. So, spoiler alert. I don't know if that's a fucking thing or not. But it doesn't mean anything to anybody. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, and then Ted Lasso has found out that his wife is dating the, the, the marriage counselor. Oh, I can't believe you said that part, though. That's I'm just, I'm just that's joking. a fucking thing. All right. um, I wish his name was Kevin because <laughs> I can fucking Kevin. I wish doctor um, the doctor's name was Kevin. Yeah, so. I'm on the second or the last episode. I haven't seen the new one that just came out yesterday. So all right, so I got don't you. tell me anything. I'm not David, don't message yet. me. All right, so Magic Knife says dumb okay. things that people said. Okay, guys, I've got some dumb. I have something dumb. Someone's dumb said to me. This is like a <laughs> dumb inception. <laughs> So I was at a market selling some knives recently. I ended up talking to an older guy. He had mentioned that his father used to do some blacksmithing. At the time, I was looking for an anvil, and I asked him if he had one. He said he had one, and he'd sell it to me for $2,000. However, after asking a bit more about the anvil, it turns out that the horn had completely snapped off, and it was at a few chips, and it had had been welded back on by him. When oh I respectfully God. said to him it was more than I wanted to pay for the anvil in that condition, he started to have a go at the prices of I was charging for my knives and asking why <laughs> I had the right to charge such a price. Most of my expensive knives are uh, $480 Australian for what seemed to him like being butthurt over someone not wanting to pay top dollar for his crappy ass anvil. And as, he's doing a, a, a Craig quote who's Craig is probably saying this right now. Fucking people! <laughs> yeah. So that's a good one. Shaking his fist in, in the air, but only Magic straight up knives. because he's surrounded by a bunch of fucking people. That's that's a thing, man. That's a thing is people like getting salty and then they kind of put it back on you. Oh, yeah. God. <sighs> Have you ever had that with an anvil with somebody doing giving you the bad anvil price? trying to think not not for anvils i feel like that's probably happened before with other equipment and i'm just looking at it and i'm just like yeah no (laughs) i had two things two anvil guys one anvil guy who i know is a blacksmith he sent me this price for this he sent me he's like hey listen i'm about to sell this anvil but i thought i'd give you you and my friends a shot at it first and i said i gotta show it to me so it was like covered in not just surface rust it was covered in rust rust like red ass light red rust you know the pitting all over the place the horn snapped off the edges are chipped to hell there's not one flat spot on the whole goddamn thing and he says i'm only and it's and it's like a probably 120 pound anvil (laughs) and this thing is fucked up like there is like a lot of work just a little baby 
Oh, dude. Yeah, still. I mean, that's what's around here. I mean, that's the yeah. also good for moving, too. Yeah, and, sure. he, and he goes, $800. And I'm like, bro. <laughs> like, bro. And I wrote to him, like, I wrote to him, it's not, he's like, I said, I said, and I wrote to him, ah, eh, it's kind of out of my price range. And I, he says, oh, well, what do you think it should be, what, should, what do you think it should cost? And I was like, all right, say something, see, see something, say something. He asked uh-huh. for it. And I said, well, the nose is fucked up. It's covered in rust. It's chipped to hell. It looks like somebody used the tor- the table as a torch stand. Yeah. It's broken. It's swayed. It's rust. It's fucked up. This fucking thing. I can't do. I can't do anything with this. Like the yeah. amount of work it's going to cost me to do it. And he goes, well, that's. And then he wrote me back. He's like, well, that's what everybody else is charging. I was like, no. well, all right, well, good luck, you fucking yeah. thief. Have and then fun. the next thing was, <laughs> oh, I think I even said this on this podcast a couple of years ago. This guy who knew was a blacksmith sent me a post vice in parts. And he says, I'm selling this post vice. I thought maybe you'd want it. I don't even think he said post vice, but it was like, it was fucked up. The spring okay. was gone. The This was gone. Oh. The, the nut was gone. The thing was, it was oh, a geez. fucking wreck, a wreck. Yeah. And he said, he says, I'm asking $600 for it. And I'm like, what? I'm like, my man, I mean, <laughs> my man, my man, I don't think it's, I'm sorry. And then something happened. Where I don't know if he asked you what I thought it was worth. I think that's what happened. I think he said, I'm selling this anvil. I'm selling this post fights. What do you think it's worth? And I said, well, this is broken. This needs to be repaired. This is broken. There's no spring. This, that, the other thing. I said, I don't know. If you get 200 bucks, I think you'll be happy. You know, you'd be doing pretty good. And he goes, Duh, $200. I know that this thing is worth like $600, I'm just like, bro, don't ask me then. You know, it's just like, yeah. you know, just because you see something, if you can't, if you don't know what it is and you don't know how to use it, maybe you shouldn't price it, right. you know? And it's like, that's the thing. And we've been doing all this stuff with these reclaimed cleavers, like okay. re- the yeah. rehab cleaver game. Yeah. And Tony's on a spending spree. He thank- thankfully, I think he's dried up. I've, I think I'm, I think I'm done. I think we're done. And I don't know if did he dry up, up or did eBay dry up? Well, there's some good <laughs> stuff out there. Actually, there was a couple things I was looking at that I was just like, it's called a hog splitter. Go get a hog splitter. Those oh, things dude, are expensive. Those things are pretty are tight. Sick. Shout out to Matt Gentry, who's making these monster hog splitters. Shout out to Matt Gentry. Oh, nice. I was just like, you know, one of them might be nice to do. Right? One of them might be fucking cool to have. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, I got to tighten my belt a little bit. I want to And one. I just remember seeing some of the cleavers we've been getting in and they are fucked up and we've been paying yeah. ah, 75 bucks 100 bucks a uh, cleaver something like that these are fucking things are really fucked up like really fucked up and if i didn't if you didn't if you couldn't fix it yourself you're really not getting a very good bargain so uh i know what that's like some uh magic kick and then we're gonna finish off with our boy cutthroat australia here's a good one this one this oh, might be yeah. A great market experience. The greatest market experience of the whole time. I'm trying to think. Is there any more? Oh, there's one more after that. Okay. Uh, oh, well, I'll just try. O-Lone Knives. O-H-L-O-N-E Knives says, the dumbest thing I get asked is, what do you use a knife for? That's pretty fucking dumb. <laughs> and then last but not least, not last but certainly not least, cost, Cutthroat Australia, our boy Aiden says, here's a market experience. I had a drunk guy and his friend come up to me at a market. He picked up a knife without asking. I said, I don't mind you picking it up. Just don't test the edge. He immediately started testing it on his nails. He starts shaving his arm, etc. I say, hey, if you can't listen, please put down the knife and walk away. He says dismissively, I own more knives than you've made. 
and then asks the price. <laughs> when he hears it, he proceeds to rant that he could make a knife for less. I repeat that he should walk away. His friend is trying to get him to walk away. I then say, if you don't put down the knife and walk away, the next step is I'm going to call security. He gets out his phone while holding my knife and yells, okay, let's call security. What's their fucking number? So the guy's holding Aiden's oh knife, my God. drunk, losing his fucking mind. At the point, I change tact and turn to his friend and I say, can you get your friend to fuck off? And he's trying to calm down his maid who's lost his, who, who has my knife and is yelling. Mm -hmm. Finally, he puts down the knife and walks away. A randomly, a security walks past. I describe the guy. They find him in five minutes. They kick him out. Somehow, that's the second worst market experience I've ever had. <laughs> that's so Aiden, Aiden, you're listening. You better send in the first one, and it better be. It, the worst one better be better than this one, because this one is fucking crazy. Yeah, that's... This I, is the reason why I would never do a market. Ugh. God damn. That's what, frustrating. I well, think that, Australians are big fucking dudes, too. I bet it's some big dickhead walking around thinking he's fucking funny, and it sounds like maybe he was drunk. And, ugh, Jesus Christ. I don't... Uh, it makes people. you not want to do it. I tell you what, when I was... I think the reason why I don't do markets or, or any of that stuff is because growing up, my dad was a winemaker, and he would do farmer's markets. And then he'd ask me to come. he said, it'll be fun. We'll do it together. We'll do tastings. We'd have little glasses, tiny little disposable glasses, and we would give a little wine for a taste, and we'd have to talk to people. And I swear to God, they would say the dumbest things. And really all they wanted was they just wanted to get bombed. Free wine. <laughs> they wanted free wine. I mean, we weren't giving them much. We were giving them less than a shot glass full of wine. I mean, they were giving oh, it a taste. A thimble. They're yeah. coming back. And they were a little bit more, a little bit more. And I'm a kid, so, they, you know, I'm just like, okay. And they would say these things, and how much is the wine? I'm coming back for a little bit more wine, and I have a little more wine. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. And when I went to Blade Show for the first time, and that's where I first met you, yep. I'm watching people's faces. I'm watching them deal with people. When they, all of a sudden someone comes up, you have to stand up and meet, make nice and start your fucking thing over again. And they're trying to tell you the same shit over and over, and over again. Yep. I like it when the knife makers, and if you're listening to this and you're, you're saying I agree, the knife makers are sitting down behind their table. Maybe they have something to eat. Maybe there's a Chick-fil-A, because there's only a Chick-fil-A fucking stand oh, at, the, at, the, at the fucking plate show. Yep. They're sitting down for the first time. They're wearing their overall. They're wearing their suspenders. They're tired. They've been schlepping. They've been talking. And then you come up, you the, you the walker, and you just want to make chit-chat. And this motherfucker, all he wants to eat is his chicken sandwich. And you're going to fucking make him do the song and dance again. God bless you, knife makers, for having to deal with these motherfuckers because I can't do it. I won't do it. I can't do it. <sighs> I mean, I know it's too late for advice for uh, Blade Show, but maybe for the Great Lakes Show um, yeah. that Maritime let is eat. sponsoring. Let oh, him go eat. Ahead. Let him eat. If you see somebody, see somebody looks tired, haggard, and they got sweat stains, yeah. and they just don't look awesome, and they want to just eat a sandwich. <laughs> fucking come back let him eat the sandwich yeah <laughs> give him a break well uh, my tip was going to be don't fucking eat behind your table oh well they got it they're wasted they're exhausted what are they supposed to do i don't know 
Because it's a thing, as you know. <laughs> Remember you said you it's hard to take a leak? It's hard to take a leak over there. you got to leave yeah. your table. So all of a sudden, you're yimmering and yammering, and people are coming up to you, and they're talking to you and everything like that. And next thing you know, you haven't eaten anything, and then some nice person says, hey, you look hungry. I'll go get you a sandwich. They get on the fucking Chick-fil-A. The Chick-fil-A arrives. And then what do you do? You're not going to walk away and eat it? No, you're going to oh, sit sure. down. No, that's what, well, I, that's what I have done. Ugh. Forget it. I'm out. I can't do it. I can't do it. So God bless you guys at the Blade Show. And if you're at the Blade Show, you are listening to this on Monday, and you were at the Blade Show, and you have a funny story of something said, some somebody said something dumb. You don't have to say names. I don't need to know who it is. Mm-hmm. Call him Mr. X. Call him Mr. Y. Call him Mrs. Z. Doesn't matter to me. Just don't. You know, we don't need to. We're not blast anybody. <laughs> I want to hear all the dumbest things you heard on this goddamn fucking show, and I want to read it off. So that's that. Now, you know, I'll tell you who's going to be there. I hope you say hi to them for us, is our friends at Damasteel. Damasteel I'll be at the booth. You're going to be at the booth, the Damasteel booth, damasteel.se. Use promo code KNIFETALK for 10% off. They make they make that pattern, that stainless pattern welded steels, and, and I guess this is too late to say, but I'm under the impression that they have a couple extra pieces for the build along but it's only at the Blade Show. So go check out what's going on at uh, Damasteel. Know this. It's easy to work with. It's easy to heat treat. It's easy to etch. It's easy to finish. You make beautiful stuff. Razzle dazzle. Stand, uh, p- beautiful patterns. Carly, we were with you. I, I hope you meet. I hope Carly's going to be there. She is. I'm. She psyched. is. Yeah. Gonna send us a picture. Gonna send us a selfie with Car- Carly. I hope okay. she brought some trousers. I hope they're trousers. <laughs> Carly, are you listening? Uh, it's probably too late. Well, they're she's all back in Sweden by now. She's yeah. back in Sweden by now. So God bless. Carly is our favorite. We hope to see Carly at the uh, uh, the uh, the Chef Knife Invitational coming up back up, and we're going to fool around with that. So um, whatever you want to do. We could do a couple questions. We could get the fuck out of here. We could do... Uh, I like that bit of dumb things people say to you. Yeah. I love that shit. I, I mean, it, make, it makes me want to walk around and when I'm because t- I'm going to be walking around talking to people, um, and just ask them, you know, what's the stupidest thing somebody said to you either at this show or past show? Oh, maybe do some recordings, voice memos. Yeah. Ugh. You know what though? They're not going to edit themselves. It's going to be too long. And then I said, and then, and then he <laughs> says. And then I says, oh, so forget it. Just let's just let's just assume it'll be fine. Let them write it. Okay. Um, so, are you excited about Blade Show? I know that this is like where you're when this comes out. Blade Show's happening. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. It'll be good to go back. Um, I know you just made a reference about issues with going to the bathroom. I think we talked about that actually before the podcast. Um, and the reason we were talking about that is because the last time I was at Blade Show was in 2019, which was a full, almost a full year after Jeff and I joined the podcast. Uh, so people had been listening and hearing us, and I, I hadn't processed the potential scenario of a bunch of people wanting to come up and say hi because they listen to the podcast, and uh, I wasn't prepared for that, and it. it it was overwhelming and like I, I was hanging out at the combat booth, the back of the uh, event space. And it took like, at one point I was like, I got to piss like now. And it still took me like 20 minutes to get to the front of the fucking venue to go to the bathroom. Um, See, but you're too conspicuous looking. You have, you have a look that is just recognizable. See, I think that if, when I go back and I'm, it depends. The only reason as funny enough, funny enough, <laughs> I've been I've been telling Will Stelter that I'm okay. going to be there, and I've also been telling people that when they see Will, 
there to say, I just saw Fader, he's looking for you. I'm hoping a lot of people do that to him. That's all I've been wanting. I've been planting that seed the whole time. And now, the only reason why I'm not going is because next week I'm going to Barcelona. Yeah. And if I show up with fucking COVID, I, I, they're gonna let, not going to let me in that goddamn country. So I, And that's not the oh, only yeah. reason I have other things to do. My daughter's graduating from right. high school. There's too much. I can't be going running around every five minutes. So I, I want to come. But I, I feel as though I would be less conspicuous than you are. I don't know. You're, you get the hair. You get the whole look. Yeah, you got the whole thing going on. You, yeah. Everybody well, knows you from a distance. I think that I could. I think that I could. Like, I think I could je- uh, Jeremy spake it in, and people would know <laughs> who I was. I could not. No, everybody would be like, shirt. "Oh shit, Vince Vaughn's here." There you go. There, uh, look at you, complimentary, complimenting <laughs> upon compliment. Yeah, I think that I feel as though I could. I'm more inconspicuous than you are. Sure. You and Neil, it's like you. If you guys look like. You know, you guys are like out of a cartoon. You guys are like these incredible. <laughs> that was a compliment. I wasn't. I was just saying that respectfully. You guys are like, you have created these personas that are are, are very recognizable from a distance. Hey, there's Mareko. Look at him. Uh, at the top you. knot on. He looks like, you yeah. know, you have a whole thing going on. Yeah, I guess. I, so to say all that this time around, I, I'm a little bit more mentally prepared. Um, and I was actually, I just recorded my Q and a yesterday and I was talking to people about, cause some of the people in my Patreon are going to be there. Um, and just, I, I've wrapped my head around the idea that I'm going to be talking to a lot of people. And, but I think that there's nothing wrong with that. And I probably would have been fine last time if I had, if that, that scenario had even ran through my head and it hadn't. And I was just like, what is going on? It totally caught me off guard. This time it'll be great. I'm excited to meet and talk to a lot of people. This is not me saying, leave me the fuck alone at all. I will you're say. You're not like that. No, you, I'm you're not. You're not like that. I'm not. Definitely not. If I do need to go to the bathroom, though, and I, because at a certain point towards the end of Blade Show 2019, I was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like stopping and saying that to so many people as I was trying to go to the bathroom. Um, so if it looks like I'm walking with the mission i probably am trying to not piss my pants oh god <laughs> awful all right so last question and then i have uh, uh uh will you be going to the pit on saturday of course. night can you 100%. do me a favor yes maybe every time pants. i go i've been there okay our friend kyle daly okay comes in to the pit with right. a he comes in with i think a, he brings a cooler all right and the last time I saw him at the pit with a cooler, he gets into some sort of wrestling position, and I think he wanted to try to bear hug me or check me to the boards. He got mm. he was a little bit I want you to let him know I didn't forget. And and when I see him next, I'll return the favor. He got a little bit little he got a little bit like it was almost like a sumo. Not that I'm <laughs> saying that I'm attacking him. I'm not. He's a he's a big guy and he's like he got like he got in this like wrestling position as if we're gonna like you know, spar at the pit. And I, I don't like to touch people. You know that. <laughs> I don't fucking like it. I do it. know that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know right. who's going to be there? I'll keep track. Who's going to be there to, that I'm looking to forward that. to hearing from is our friend, Dennis Tyrell. Dennis, Dennis Tyrell, Tyrell Knife Works, is doing a video, a YouTube video, for our friends at Knife Print. 
Knife oh, Print nice. is a company that makes, uh, and I got a great, uh, we got a great story. Henry Hyde was using Knife Print. He did a great job. If you've been intimidated by CAD, you want to learn, get your knives, water jet cut, knifeprint.com is for you. No downloading software or licensing agreements. It's a great entry point for simple, easy design, knife designs, and their software is designed for knife makers. Hit the render button, and it'll show you exactly what it'll look like in 3D. You can spin nice. it around, make corrections, then press print, and then it will, you can, they'll cut it and stick it in the mail. No problem. Great website for learning, and it's a great service, and then uh, they'll talk you through it. And um, Dennis Terrell is doing a YouTube video for them. Uh, It's uh, it's about, it'll take you a deep dive into the advanced features of the knife print editor. From advanced design techniques to robust export capabilities, they cover it all, including practical tips, real-life examples. And our friend Henry Hyde just posted that he was shocked at how easy it was to use. Henry Hyde is a smart guy, but at the same time, he's one of us. He's a regular guy, and he used knife print, and he printed up some stuff. So check out what's going on at knife print. Uh, It's your entry level to get yourself squared away, get yourself in a better spot. So, yeah, knife print. Yeah, Henry Hyde's doing some great stuff. I, you know what? That fucking guy is awesome, and he's a, he's a very thoughtful guy. He's funny. He's very dry. We had a, <laughs> I had him on Full Blast, and he told some you know really very vulnerable stories about him and his family oh, and his life. And he's a, I like Henry very much. Uh, he sent me a bag of coffee and a toilet pit toilet paper just in case. <laughs> well, you got I love it. He's pride of Baltimore. Pride of Baltimore. Henry Hyde, ladies and germs. Dennis is a good dude too. I just met him at. For the first time, at Bleacher Maker Show, Camp. Fucking making camp. Yeah. yeah. And, and camp. I've been chatting with him since, and he's been super helpful, and um, especially around the, the concept of doing uh, more educational content. And uh, so, yeah, he's a good dude. I look forward to seeing him again. Yeah, he just, he's, he's in that batch. You know, I feel as though the last year's batch of JSs, that should be a, that should be a very, like, notable year. Oh, 2022. Because it was like uh, 60 was of them. 50 or, yeah, 50 or 60 of them. I feel as though that there needs to be, that needs to be a like a specific class. That's like, you know, like the, the big bomber class or something like that. You know, if you think about all the people who, who went in that class, Will and Dennis and, 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 um, Ryan Brewer. And Matt Stagmer, Ryan Brewer. I'm going to have Ryan on full blast pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, who else? I mean, Rick there's Hall. a ton of people. Rick Hall. Yeah. And then that's where uh, the uh, uh, Nick Rossi got his master's. But that was like a really like a high level, rem- like a remem- a memor- very memorable year. I wonder, wonder mm. what I wonder who's testing this year. I wonder who's nervous. If you're testing this year for Journeyman Smith or Master Smith, send us a line. I know for a fact that last year's there's a pile of the got last year's guys who already. Getting ready for the Master Smith after oh, Jordan sure. Lamote. Jordan Lamote got his Master Smith. I think we're gonna see some. We're gonna see some. I, know, I got a feeling Will is like Will's the guy who's gonna be the yeah. top of the mountain. He got he's the first one there. You know, running up that mountain. So he, at that, as soon as the clock strikes, you know, three years he's in. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. excited to see uh, Jane Siminski. He's the slacksmith on Instagram. Oh yeah, he's, cool. He's put together a great set. Like I I don't know how he couldn't pass with this set. They're fucking awesome. I have uh, a, it'll be great to meet him in person and and see I have his a work. big uh big ABS announcement. Whoa. Remember how I said last year that I signed up and Matt Stagmer uh bullied me oh, yeah. into testing. Right. And I told him that I would do the three years and at some point test. Okay. The announcement is 
I let it fucking slide again. And I fucking practiced. <laughs> I fucking didn't pay up in time, and I'm out. So that was my big announcement. I was going to have that big announcement with Matt, and then we first started talking about the Baltimore Orioles, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I fucking fucked it up again for the 10th time. I should be a master bladesmith by now, but I can't remember how to fucking pay a bill on time. <laughs> and I know somebody's like, well, you know you could pay all three years at one time. I'm not doing that. I need to show. Obviously, if I want it bad enough, that I would do it. But I fucked up again. I got. It, I even got the email saying it's getting close. I'm like, I'll remember. I'll remember. And I'm like, you're out. You know, so I'm out again. Mm-hmm. Back to. I'm not even back to square one. I haven't even. I'm gonna, I got more of those fucking ABS cards. I could like. Re, I could retile the bathroom <laughs> with the ABS apprentice. Jeff Vader is an apprentice again. So there you go. Nice. Let's talk about the slacksmith. Oh my god, I've not fucking slacked off. Alright. Well, do you see any questions that really yeah, got your hair fu- blowing we've back? We're, I think we've go? done enough or you know, we gotta yeah. we so we're gonna we're gonna do it again next week. Yeah. And we're gonna see what happens. Oh, one thing I do want to talk about, um oh, yeah. you know, you and I mentioned before. Right. Uh our friend Bob Rankin has gone through a terrible, terrible family accident. His his son is no longer with us, and I just I've spoken to Bob a lot. He has been on this podcast uh, back in the day with Craig, and he is a friend. I do business with him. I like I like Bob so much, and we are sending our deepest sympathies to the Rankin family. This is an un, an unbelievable thing, and I just we're both you know, you know obviously we're all thinking about him. And I had a nice conversation with him, you know, obviously by text. And yeah. He was very grateful to the knife making community who's been very supportive. And, and here's, I mean, time has passed. I want to do a big shout out to our friend Nico Nicolatis, uh, Rocco Handmade Knives, uh, Eric Hempler, and Summit and C. Smithing. That's Chad. They are at Blade Show now, and they are doing uh, the uh, Bob's booth. They're they're manning mm. Bob's booth for him, oh, wow. and I'm I'm nice. and I sent a message. And I hope everybody bought bought everything off the table, and and we just we love you, Bob, and and uh, we he and I are talked, and at some point we, he wants to come on and talk about something, talk about what he's been going through. But we're sending right. our our best love and wishes for you and your family. Our deepest condolences, Bob Rankin. You are the fucking man. Absolutely. Oof. Fucking good dude. I've been thinking about him all week. It's yeah. like crazy. I've been getting messages, and he's just—he's such a good guy. And this is like unthinkable, unthinkable. So, yeah. well, with that said, we could just—you know—you want to tell a couple jokes? <laughs> Not the best. Great transition, Jeff. I didn't say I was good at transitions, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, sometimes I'm good. Not today. <laughs> or uh, you want to uh, wrap it up? Do a little after show? Whatever you want. Yeah, we can do an after show. Wrap it up. All right. Well, guys, hopefully uh, third class third class Craig will be here next week. We're going to hear his whole fucking story. I mean, we've been, you know, it's been, we've been missing each other and we're going to be missing. This summer is going to be a little bit wild and you guys are going to have to, you know, you're going to have to just bear with us. We're going to do everything we can to get as much out as possible. But uh, mm. all right. So uh, guys, have a great time at Blade Show and uh, we'll see you later. All right. There you go. <laughs> Craig, cut that sound and play it back, please. He, you know what he did? You know what he did when, on our episode? He, he, edited, he edited me like making some groaning noises. You should listen to it because it was our episode where it got cut off was very good. Okay. And then he edited me groaning and he and he says, No, that's not Jeff having sex. It was really gross. <laughs> he just like, jumps I was like, in Craig's voice. Oh, he's so fucking he oh is so God. fucking he is so juvenile. Everyone thinks I'm juvenile. He's like 
taking parts of my voice and like turning it into like some sort of like weird sex noise. It's just so gross. That's so funny. Yeah, so, I'll go listen to that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And th- shout out to Ben Snoor. Ben Snoor is the man. I mean, you, you, you can't. I mean, you can't ask for a, for a fucking guy. He's he's yeah. game all the time. He is game all the time, and he's and uh, he's all ours. Yeah, he's massive ours. shout out to Craig for salvaging that fucking episode. And I'm so sorry again. This new machine seems to be doing great, though. Hey. Shout out to the new machine, 139.58. Looking good. Killing it. Optimistic. Optimistic. And then thanks for Ben jumping in. All right. So fucking funny. So you're catching up on Ted Lasso. Any good books you've been reading recently? I don't read. Or listening (laughs) to? Fucking read. Podcasts? I've been listening to I listen to the Axner podcast a lot, and I've been okay. doing uh, a lot of Axner. I've been do I, I'm still on the Peloton, and now sometimes when I don't want to hear people's voices, I I'll turn the vo- the mute the vo- volume down, and then I'll do a listen to a podcast. So I've been listening to Axner podcast. Okay, I've been listening to Work for It. What else have I been listening to? I try. I, I said this on a said this on another podcast. I'm part of this podcast Discord channel. Oh, okay. You know Discord? You know what Discord, right? Yes. It's like a community. I have one on my Patreon. These, these podcasters, some of them are so fucking bad. I, I, it's, it hurts. <laughs> it fucking hurts. Some of, them, <laughs> some, of them hurt, some of them's podcast. And here's the funny part is, it, they'll, they're, and they're good guys. They're all right. good guys. They all show, here's what my shop looks like. Here's what my, 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 uh, where I, uh, I record. And it's a beautiful table and there's special lights and there's and it's like computers and microphones. And everything's immaculate. And it looks like a cool place to be. And it fucking... I listen to podcasts and it fucking sucks. And I want to say... Oh, it boy. Fucking send it all back. If you can't make... <laughs> I'm in a car. Send it, send it all back. I want you to do this for me. Send it all back. Get a refund. Get your... Send back the... Send it to whatever. Cyprus. Send it all back. Send it all back. I'm in a sweaty Jeep that has good sound. My microphone is on a piece of wood that I bring into the car. We got the computer here. I got. It. I mean, this is a. It's, if if you don't look like a dump and sound great, don't want it. You can look great and sound like shit. Send it all back. Yeah. <laughs> send it all back. Send it all back. There you go. Yeah. That's what I've been fooling around with. What a. So okay. So you're getting ready for Barcelona, right? That's exciting. What, yeah. what else? What other kind of travels do you got coming up, or or do you guys? <sighs> You're going. To, you're going to to hang out with this awesome chef. What other plans do you have while you're there? And how long are you there? We're going to be there for. Well, my we're going to do two weekend classes, and okay. then in between the weekend classes, my daughter and my wife are going to come out to join me. And then in between you. those classes, we're just going to like we're going to lounge. We've had it. We've had enough this year. We've had enough. We, sure. Usually, Hillary is like the the best. It's like sightseeing and stuff. And she just said to me, "I said, so you got any plans? Yeah, I know we're getting down the line. You got any plans?" And she goes, "It's enough." It's enough. We're gonna mm-hmm. walk around. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna have a lot to eat. We're gonna have some fun. We'll sit Sounds on the good. beach. That's it. Not, Sounds there's good. No, there are no major plans. And then, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I love Tomer and his family. His his uh, son and daughter are awesome. His wife's fantastic, and I'm really looking forward to that. And then um, my daughter's graduating high school. She's going off to college in the fall. So we're going to have a little uh, a little something for her and mm-hmm. then we're going to go in august we're going out to take her to school so it's going to be a very wild situation so how are you feeling are you are you prepared for that 
emotionally, I'm mentally. Good. I'm feeling good. I had her on full blast this past week. We oh, had a really good conversation. Yeah, we decided we wanted to do it. I wanted to. We've been talking about it for a while, but I wanted okay. her to be kind of done with school. So she's now. She's at the last couple. This is like the last week where they're just watching videos. And right. Like, you know, don't even have to really the be there. Teachers are mailing it into. And I even said to her, <laughs> I said to her, I said to her, at this point in time. There's no way for you to fuck this all up, right? And she goes, yeah, it would be pretty hard for me to fuck this up. I said, okay, great. As, as long as, you know, because I wanted to make sure she was, wasn't stressed. And, and, yeah, but, yeah, so for sure. The answer is, is I'm, I've, last year when they were visiting colleges in California, I was very, I felt uh, homesick almost. Like I felt empty nest syndrome-y. I felt homesick. I didn't feel, but I was alone at the house and right. they were gone knowing that she was in California. And now I'm, doing everything I can to be happy for her and to be sure. very supportive of her decision. And Hillary and I are going to have a good time. Hillary has already said it's going to be like when we lived, we first moved in together on 14th street. Oh, PS. I posted a picture on Jeff Fader on Instagram and it's the, it's a selfie from 2001. It was a film selfie, but the crazy part is, and this is a generational thing is the, the world trade centers in it. So the Twin Towers oh. are in it, which is great. Hillary's just like, you're not going to believe what I found. So it's, this, it's a perfect selfie of the two of us with film. So we didn't oh, even wow, know yeah. it was going to work. And then behind it is the twi- twi- Twin Towers. All you young motherfuckers don't... Yeah, you know everybody says, don't forget? Everybody forgot. Nobody even knows what it is. Nobody right. even knows. Nobody has any idea that it's the Twin Towers. Nobody. Mm-hmm. It's fucking crazy. So yeah, that's all I That's have. a great picture, yeah, but it's film. It's like we, you know, it's like you put it, you, you send it to the guy, and you don't even know if it's going to work or not. The fucking film. It's crazy though, right? With the twin towers in the back. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, I, I said it to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I said it to Ben Snur, and he says that picture looks like you just sold all your newspapers. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> a newsy It's like looks like you ran out of newspapers and took the picture. So, yeah, when I watch older movies, like sometimes I'll I'll just turn on a movie and listen to it while i'm like grinding and stuff to kind of like get my head out of books and and sometimes i'm burned out on podcasts and especially movies i've seen so many times i can listen to it and i right. can see it all in my head yeah yeah and but I, I i um there was one i watched recently and my wife and i like we're just watching it and just an old older movie and i saw the twin towers and i was like fuck look at that because i think i i don't think i'd ever realized like how iconic and ubiquitous that was that it was like when you saw those you knew you were looking at new york city it's crazy and now when i see that in old older movies uh obviously post whatever or pre-2001 uh it's like holy shit look at that that's fucking wild and then just like the flash of all the news and yeah understanding of all the people and it's just like all of a sudden it gets like super heavy and it's like wow fuck the picture that i took with hillary 2000 somebody asked me when it it was and i know exactly when it was okay because uh but the crazy thing is is because it was with a camera there was no way of knowing if i got the twin towers in there or not Right. You know, there wasn't like, you know, you didn't see yourself and you pose it. Right. We stood there and I know what happened. We were on the Brooklyn Bridge. We were getting photographs taken for our save the date for our wet, our marriage. You know what? I thought it was the spring. And now that I think about it, it's very well could have been the fall of 20, uh, two, of 20, of 2000. It could have been the fall of 2000. Yeah, That's when I think it was. Chilly. 
because we, it was a little cold. We were, I know we were on the Brooklyn Bridge. You can kind of see parts of the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. And I think that that's when it was. So I think it was 2000. And okay. then I, but I wouldn't have been able to say, hey, let's get the World Trade Center back there. I wouldn't have been able to know. All I would have been focusing on is just get Hillary in there and me in there. So it's a crazy picture. And I didn't even think it existed. And then Hillary like pulled it out. She's like, look at this shit. So... That was crazy. So we're putting together a little book for Lila to take to college of nice. the family and everything. And that's it. That's been our whole life. And then, you know, Barcelona is going to be great because that's her graduation gift is the money from the money that I would be getting is going to like help offset the travel expenses. So right, we can right, all right. kind of that's spend great. all the time. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. it will be good. And you're traveling soon, right? Yeah. So I go to Blade Show. Well, I guess as this comes out, I've just gotten back from Blade Show, and then and now in two days on Wednesday, I'm flying out to Hawaii. Uh, I'm going to be in Hawaii with the family for two weeks, doing uh, uh, kind of like a, a real family vacation. <laughs> Are you not going to working? Well, I'll be staying with Peter Swarsbert, who lives in the northern part of the Big Island, and then I'll be we'll be staying with Neil. I'll I'll be quote unquote working, but it'll more be like just kind of hanging out and playing. But not Neil's really. gonna make you fucking work at four o'clock in the morning. Let's face it. No, he's, he's not doing he better. He's he doesn't get up until like six or seven nowadays. Dang. I mean, sometimes I think he still gets up early, but anyways. that'll be fun. That'll be nice. Yeah. And your son likes it in Hawaii. He they've so my my wife and the kid never been to Hawaii. Oh, I thought you took him once. Nah. Oh, this is great. This is going to be great. <laughs> now. Uh, yeah, no, it'll be awesome. Um, and the kid loves swimming. He is a water baby for sure. So, And he's been taking swim lessons actually for the last, I don't know, four months, five months or something like that. So he's a super solid swimmer. He's probably actually better than I am. Wow. And, and um, which will help us feel a lot more confident about being there. And That's great. Being in the water and stuff like that. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be cool. Uh, a lot of fun where Peter's at is a high elevation. So it's like maybe at the most, maybe 75 degrees and Neil's also at a high elevation. So we, and sim and similar things. So if, if we won't get like overheated or anything, I actually think more of a concern might be like mosquitoes right, and stuff like that. But well, that sounds great. Yeah, no, it'll be good. We, my, my wife has figured out a, a loose itinerary. Um, of things to check out and stuff to see. We have a luau lined up. Whoa. Uh, which sounds, it's super <laughs> fucking touristy. But they've never been, my kid's never seen stuff like that before. I think he's seen like some Instagram posts. I follow some like Polynesian culture uh, pages and so they show some of that stuff. But he's never seen it in real life. And like the dancing and the drums and it's dark out and the fire spinning around. It's fucking cool. So, what's your opinion on poi? Uh, I've, you know, it's trash tarot, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's, and it's not just like boiled and mash though. It's not like mashed potatoes. Like they beat the fuck out of it, 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 right. it to really kind of like, it, there's something about it that they have to go through that like traditionally, like to make the poi. Uh, I've actually only tried it once. I've, and I've only really had the opportunity to try it once and I wasn't a fan, but I don't yeah. even remember what that tasted like. Yeah. And so at this point, and so I'd happily try it again. Um, so I, I want a poi review when you get back. Okay. Poi review. 
Poi. Okay. Mareka's yeah. Poi review. Well, I think it's great that you're getting in with your Polynesian culture and you're also being able to share that with your son. I think that's going to be very valuable to him. He'll remember this. When I was his age, my parents took me to Hawaii, and I'll never forget it. I remember, nice. I'll tell you what I remember the most. Remember getting off the plane, and I remember the the woman putting this giant lei on me. Oh, nice. And I remember the, that smell when you get off the plane of Hawaii, right. this like thick, perfumey air. Yeah. I remember that vividly. And yeah, I think your son's going to feel, feel that too. Yeah, it's, especially if you're uh, walking on the tarmac. It's, you know, it's, it's very it's warm. It's intoxicating. It's humid. It's fragrant. Yeah, it's interesting. Very cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think we did it, don't you think? I think we did it. Guys, this was fun. This was fun. I wish I wish third world Craig was here, but I mean what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Hopefully get him back next week. We're gonna try to get one in before the big man leaves and then before I leave. And then uh, all right, so we'll see. What is what does he say bye for now? Is that what he says? Does he say bye for now? Ta ta. What for does now. Craig say? Bye for now. Bye for now, you little bastards. <laughs>